Good morning. I'm Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Today we're very happy to have Lisa Welchman, the founding partner of Welchman Pierpoint, in our studio guest today. Lisa, welcome to the program and thank you for making time for us today. Well, thanks for having me. You know, we're really interested in learning about your insights on leadership and we're going to talk about web governance over the course of our, our interview. But for the benefit of our listeners, can you give us a little bit of uh, information about you, yourself, your education, and your background? Sure. Um, I was curiously a philosophy major, but uh, was working a lot with a lot of people in computer technology. And so um, after a stint in grad school where I was going to work on a Ph.D. in philosophy, I uh, went out into the world and started working with computer technology. So I did some early work with uh, Lotus Notes development, and then when the uh, commercial web hit in the mid-90s, went out to uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, so, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, you moved out. But tell us about your, your education. Where did you go to school? I went to University of North Carolina and okay, majored in philosophy right. and then uh, did a year at uh, Columbia University as a philosophy fellow. Oh, wow. Philosophy. I knew I liked to think, but I knew I didn't want to do that for a living, too. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, when you went out to Silicon Valley, who, who did you work with there? Well, actually, my first job was uh, working from home coding pages for Netscape. Netscape, that, yeah. Yeah, that's when it was just, you know, early Netscape. <laughs> wow. It was a very simple website, and I had a friend who was out there, and uh, they let me work from home. I just had a child, and so that was a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that stint and doing some uh, uh, intranet development work for folks, I took a job uh, at Cisco Systems as a web publishing program manager for Cisco.com. Wow. And how long were you at Cisco? I was at Cisco for, I guess, about four years. Wow. Okay. And that was really at the time that Cisco was having some explosive growth. Not that they're not having an explosive growth now, but uh, they yeah, were. Yeah, that was, that, was that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think I realized until, you know, hindsight 2020 um, how uh, forward they were in terms of the use of the internet and the web, which makes sense given what they what they sell for a living, but um, also in terms of very large-scale web management. At that time when I had arrived there, they had put all of their technical documentation online for their products and services and were doing things um, like multi-channel delivery where they were, you know, publishing this, a single piece of content to multiple different targets. At that time, it was CD-ROM, which kind of seems kind of old school right now, as well as being able to download software images online. So there were a lot of web management problems um, that surfaced very, very early at Cisco Systems that I got to work through with some really smart people. And so that positioned me really well to uh, do what I do now. Excellent, excellent. And, and what was your next step after Cisco? Well, I left. Uh, I decided that if Cisco.com had large-scale web management problems, probably other people would as well. So I started my own consulting firm that focused on some of the uh, change management issues and content problems related to very large websites. Wow. You know, there are a lot of our listeners who are thinking about moving from large corporate or small corporate uh, into their own business. What advice would you give them? Because that was pretty bold to work for a great company like Cisco and then say, you know what, I'm going to go strike out on my own. I, I think the best piece of advice that I would give someone is make sure that you have a deep personal conviction about entrepreneurship and working on your own. There are definitely upsides and benefits to it, but it's a lifestyle change, not a job change. So um, I'd make sure that you're very clear about that. For me personally, it was, uh, it was a very personal reason. I was, I was working very, very long hours. It was exciting and fun, but my 
son was always the last person picked up at the daycare. Wow. That really bothered me. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I left um, so that I could make my, make my own hours and have a different lifestyle. Now, subsequently, I didn't expect my business to grow, but it did. And um, I firmly believe that part of that was that I had a personal conviction that I wanted to have a life like this where I had more control. And I also had a very clear business idea. I, I recognized and saw a clear problem in the market that I didn't really feel was addressed. Um, so I think those two pieces as well kind of compelled me and, and, and kept me sound. Um, it's been a long haul. I'm very surprised that a lot of the corporate web governance issues that we deal with in our business now, that they took so long to surface. But um, they're there now, and I think anyone who's got a large-scale web presence understands that you've got to have a more strategic approach to managing and that than just kind of a bunch of different projects. Mm-hmm. Now, Welchman Pierpoint, uh, in the beginning, was it just Welchman, or when did it become Welchman Pierpoint? It became Welchman Pierpoint about four or five years ago. Um, I met Christine Pierpoint um, while I was working on a project, and she was thinking about leaving to go on her own, so we kind of merged. And so that worked really, really well. She's um, more of a business business side person. I'm kind of a big strategic and innovation-focused uh, person. And so that was a really good balance. Um, we do what we do, which we call web operations management broadly. And so it really has to do with taking traditional business practices and applying them to web management. So it was really a good um, marriage for her to have this background in, in solid business dynamics and for me to be very, very strong in terms of understanding what it actually takes from a strategic and tactical perspective to manage large-scale websites. And so, if you could, describe for us your leadership style, and has it developed over the years, or did you have a particular style in mind? You said, you know, this is how I'm going to manage my business and manage my team. Uh, share that with us. Well, it's, it has evolved a lot, especially over the last few years. I kind of wear a double leadership cap. I'm a thought leader in my field in terms of defining the field of web governance, particularly corporate web governance, and there's website and corporate web governance, and we lean on the corporate side. And um, so that's been an easy leadership one for me to deal with. I've always been kind of academically oriented. So that one's just really about recognizing a problem set, coming up with a solid problem, testing over and over again with clients, and making sure that your methodologies are sound. So that was easy. The harder part for me really was um, the business leadership piece. As I mentioned, um, you know, I have a philosophy background, so <laughs> I wasn't really, I was, I was leaving to start a business almost naively, not realizing that, wow, I'm actually going to be leading a business. And so I think um, really my, my general style of leadership is to stay in the front, but maybe not necessarily in the front front seat. I'm a very heavy enabler for people. So I like to be in charge. I like to understand what the strategy for the business is going to be and generate that myself, but I also like to enable other people to, to execute on it. So I don't always need to be the, the star in the front, and I think that, that works really well. So you, so basically you're empowering your team members to fulfill their responsibilities by allowing them to have the proper delegation. That's right, and I think it's, um, you know, when I talk to people sometimes I say, well, my position is to be in the first row of the bus, right? <laughs> not necessarily the bus driver all the time. So if we've got multiple things going on in the business, multiple buses, and we have senior leaders in the business, they all have their own bus to drive. And I just occasionally go sit in their seat and make sure everything's going okay and kind of whisper some stuff in their ear Mm -hmm. and enable them in that way. 
And so um, that's kind of my style, and it goes well with me philosophically as well. Now, how big is your firm? How many folks do you employ? We've got only four people right now. Um, it's a small company. We were talking about this just yesterday. Um, we were seven this time last year. We got hit a little bit by the recession, sure. and that was really some lessons learned for us. And mm-hmm. so I think part of that was fiscal, but part of it was also us understanding that we needed to sharpen our business model. Web governance is really just coming to the forefront this year um, where we're getting a lot of Fortune 100, Fortune 50 businesses calling us and asking us for these services. So there were a lot of other things that we were doing that were kind of blurring our business model. So a lot of that's crystallized. So Focus, um, focus, yeah. Yeah, the focus is very, very good. So that's been a, a, a learning experience and that we're hoping in the in the future that we can grow. But it's a very specific skill set that the consultants have here. And so it's not always a... Not always easy to find. You know, and let's talk, let's talk about that particular skill set. And is that, is, is, describe the skill set for me. And also, is that something that you can train them? Or is it something that you look for? Um, how do you find the right type of people? That's a really interesting question. Um, the first thing I look for someone in someone is just smart, mm-hmm. just natively smart, that, that there are all types of different situations. We have a lot of really clear methodology behind what we do, but every corporate situation is very, very different. And what we're really doing is change management. Right. So someone really needs to be able to survey and understand people dynamics, and that's, that's kind of the first cause, and synthesize them. So that's the first piece I'm looking for. The second one is really a very broad and slightly deep mm-hmm. understanding of technology. So... Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who might do change management, but they don't understand web technology, and they don't understand large-scale web teams. Mm-hmm. One of the strengths that I have that I didn't realize is a strength is that I actually ran a web team for a large, big, messed-up website. Okay. I understand the scale of that, and there's a lot of complex things. So I'm looking for someone who really has done a lot of implementations or been on a web team and had to work through some of these problems because there's, there's a reality to that that it, 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 it takes as, as well. The other uh, piece is just from an um, emotional perspective, we're looking for a lot of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, pushing and pulling that goes on when you do strategic consultants. We're frequently working with executives and, and personalities going, um, you know, pushing in a lot of different directions. So we know some, need someone who not only can look at that and help manage that situation, but also keep themselves out of it, right, so they don't get thrown into the mix. And so I think, you know... That and maybe the last fourth thing I would add is they have to be a strong writer, right? Have to be able to communicate very clearly um, complex ideas in a, in a simple way. That's a, that's a great criteria. And do you find that um, for the most part uh, when you're evaluating uh, the folks that are coming onto your firm that they have all of these attributes or do they have three or two or three? Um, I would say probably they have three. Mm-hmm. They have three and can do the fourth one, whichever one that may be, reasonably right. well, but just need a little bit of tuning. Yep. And so we're very, very um, forward-looking, and I'm very realistic about that. Because we're an evolving field, it's not as if there's lots of web governance consultants walking around. right? So I know that those consultants are going to have to be made, and we work regularly um, uh, my partner and I and other people in the organization with um, an executive coach to hone and tune those things that really need to be sharpened so that we can work better with our clients and work better with ourselves. And even though we're a small firm, we really feel like that's a 
really great investment to make. Um, everyone's got weaknesses, including myself, and uh, if you can just address them objectively with someone, then they don't; those weaknesses don't have to make the business vulnerable. I really have to applaud uh, your your process because. Uh, Previous guests on this program, uh, we've had a couple of executive coaches. Uh, Winston Lau was one that we had on the program. And, uh, you know, coaching folks to help them understand what their SWOT analysis is just so important. And so many institutions um, don't take the time to really evaluate the SWOT of their, 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 uh, their fellow colleagues and help them to grow. So I, I really applaud you on that one. You know, you've said the word web governance a few times, and I know my listeners are probably wondering, what is web governance and why is it important? Well, web governance is really about making sure that your organization is managing the risk and opportunity related to operating online. And so that's a few things and three things in particular that we like to examine or talk about. One is, that, is making sure that your organization is clear about who makes decisions about what happens online. Um, frequently in organizations, the web grew organically, and so it's not really clear. There are sometimes debates between divisions, lines of business, marketing, communications, and IT. So that confusion ends up being expressed online in kind of an incongruent and messed up website. So figuring out that web governance framework and who gets to have input and who gets to make decisions about the web is very key. The other second piece about web governance is really about policy. Um, there's three layers to that. One of them is um, obvious. It's There's certain policies that you need to put in place because the web exists. Um, a good example of that and timely example would be social media policy. People talk about that all the time. So there's certain things that kind of rise to the surface and aren't easy. And then there's a second tier, which are policies that you have in place and they exist, but you might need to revise them because the web exists. And so that's maybe certain marketing communications focused policies. Um, if you have an intranet, maybe HR, and obviously some, some you know, privacy and security policies that may spawn out of IT. And then there's a third set, which a lot of people don't uh, look at at all. And those are policies that you probably think have absolutely nothing to do with the web that have been installed in your organization for maybe 10, 20, 30, 50 years, that you might just want to look at those and make sure that the new information dissemination practices that have evolved because of the web haven't impacted them as well. So. Those are, that's the policy area. And then the third area is really standards. And um, standards are fantastic. And that's really kind of the meat and bones of what are the rules and regulations around uh, making things for your website or your intranet website, um, depending on where you are, and making sure those are in place. So that whole ball of things is really web governance. And, and we've found that most organizations have kind of jumped over that and just started doing things online, no rhyme or reason. And that's okay maybe 15 years ago to be behaving that way, but to have multiple, many hundreds, thousands of, of sub-sites in your organization or areas on your site and, and a lack of congruence around standards and policies really to operate it with a high degree of risk. So we like to go in and help people really examine that and settle some of those internal debates so that the organization can move forward with some coherence. And when a leader of an organization is looking at web governance, it's not only for the internal community, but it's also their outward expression to their marketplace, correct? That's correct. Um, there's a, something I like to say. I have a 10 management truths that I call the digital DECA, and the first one is um, the web is a digital manifestation of your organization. And so I think 
people like to think of the web as this, you know, unless you're very e-commerce focused. I mean, there are obviously businesses where their entire business is online. And so I'm kind of pushing them aside for, the sec- for a second and talking about the regular bricks and mortar business that have a website or maybe even some of the clicks and bricks uh, that have that duality. But um, a lot of um, executives really haven't understood that all of this dysfunction that's making for an incoherent website is really sending a message out to their customer base and the public about the fact that their organization isn't run very well in this particular aspect. And, and that can be a strong message. Um, I think uh, there are subtle ways that that can show up as well in terms of um, not being able to create an appropriate business model to support online activities, too. So there's a lot of little hidden hidden pieces in there that uh, people are talking about. It's not your website's not just a marketing brochure that you know you left as a leaf behind somewhere. It's something that people can access 24/7 and do. And it's very easy for them to leave your business and go to another one um, online than it is in the real world. You know, on your your website, uh, which is uh, WelshmanPeerPoint.com, um, you you have a paper that folks can actually download that that you have written called the Digital DECA and the 10 Management Truths for the Web Age. Um, when you say Digital DECA, what do you mean by Digital DECA? Is Digital Decade or what, what does DECA mean? For me, DECA was just 10. Okay, <laughs> just 10, okay. It was just 10. Uh-huh. I, was, I was trying to think of a, a, a fun name and I thought, well, there's 10 things that you should be doing in the de- digital age. Yep. And so um, these, are, these are the 10 things. So I thought that was really important. A lot of the pieces that are in there are... Are, are not, they're a little bit deep and a little bit philosophical because that's my bent, yep. but it's really just saying, look, it's really different now than it was before the web. This is really a sea change. This is a printing press type change mm-hmm. in information mm-hmm. dissemin- dissemination. So um, just as people have, were probably very challenged when they went from verbal and or- an oral tradition to a written tradition right. of disseminating information and from a handwritten, illuminated manuscript in the West yes. type of tradition to movable type. Mm-hmm. So we, we're in the, another end of this, and I, I think it's very fascinating where we are, where we are now, and that there are some old management truths that need to be adjusted, and some new truths that need to be revealed. Well, you know what? Let's explore those uh, ten management truths. Walk us through this ten management truth, if you will. Sure. Well, the, the, the first one I already mentioned, which is the, your web presence is a di- digital manifestation of your organization. Mm-hmm. And that's just an understanding that people need to, ha- need to have. So if you imagine a globe, and then you lift up off of it and superimpose that network image that we're all used to seeing. We're used to seeing that digital overlay of how the Internet's working. So out there in the universe is a digital manifestation of the entire world, including your organization. And you have to tend to that the same way you tend to the buildings that you have and the people that are on the ground in those relationships. So that needs to be understood. Um, the second management truth is that in a digitally transforming business environment, bold leadership is vital. So this is not a time for a status quo leader. When you have this type of innovation and transformation happening, you need fearless leadership that's, that's able to step out and make the tough choices. The third one is that decision-making must be based on expertise, not power. So that's one that I've really seen surfaced a lot, that this idea of collaboration and that it's a collaboration of experts. And so it may not necessarily mean that you listen to the person that's been there the longest, but you listen to the person that's correct, 
right? And so that's a, a, a real change, I think, because the information flows so quickly and change happens so quickly. The fourth one is that the business framework must be inclusive. And that means that the business framework has to include both the digital components and the real-world components. Most business frameworks, like we were talking about a governance framework, just addresses brick and mortar. It doesn't address the digisphere. So we've got to make sure that it's all-inclusive in order to be successful in the future. The fifth one is my favorite, and that's standards enable collaboration. We're frequently um, helping organizations set standards, and people think standards are constrictive, but that's not the case. The reason why the World Wide Web works is because it's standards-based. Standards -based. The reason why wikis and blogs work and Twitter works is because it's standards-based. People are free to say what they want, when they want, but they're not free to do whatever they want. So that, it's a kind of a yin-yang kind of thing going on there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The sixth management truth is the web is an asset. Many businesses view the web as a cost center, and that's it. It's a burden. That is a huge, huge point that you just raised. Um, when I talk to publishers about social media and they ask me what's, what is the business model, I reply back to them, it's to be in business. Yeah. And they don't get it. And, and that is such a, a huge, huge point that is, it is an asset. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, it's no worries. I mean, that's, that's a big one as well. People are like, well, what is this going to – and it's like, can you really afford to not do this? Right. right. <laughs> so right. It's interesting. The, the seventh one is that the organization owns its web presence. This harkens back to web governance as well, which is that there's a lot of fighting in organization over who owns the website. Oh, it's a communications vehicle. Oh, no, it's an IT vehicle. Right. No, it's an operational tool. Well, the web is a digital manifestation of your organization. Nobody's running around saying who owns the organization. Right. right. So the organization owns its web presence. The eighth truth is that management should embrace impermanence. And I think this is the most difficult one for people to grasp, and that is, you know, I guess back in the late 70s and 80s, um, there was a lot of talk of matrix management. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of went up and then went down. Now, I believe it went down because there were no tools to support it. Right. Right. We have tools now mm -hmm. where you can collaborate in a matrixed way and have a lot of telecommuting and not this same lineage of nested hierarchy of management. Right. Right. So it's moving from a nested hierarchy to more object-oriented management, if you want to think of it from an IT perspective, where you're doing a project and you look at the seascape of resources that you have, and you pick the best and the brightest for that task, no matter where they are in the organization. And I think many of the web businesses that function and move quickly have this sense of impermanence and using and identifying excellence. It also is the rapid application development process where you're not, you know, heavy, heavy management. So I think that's what we're going to see more maybe in the next 10, 20 years is this shift in management structures. Well, you know, I, I, that's a very good point because it speaks to the culture of the organization mm -hmm. and, and how they determine how they're going to uh, run and operate this organization, how they orientate the employees, how they uh, bring them on board, and then, of course, how they train them and evaluate them and set strategy and goals and all that good stuff. Do, do you find that organizations have actually got that fundamental piece done correctly? The... Uh, in permanence piece? That's correct, yes. No, that they, most of them don't, and I think it's, I can't make a broad statement. In, you're exactly right in pointing out the cultural component of it. So I think it's one of these serendipitous things that's happened, the web. And if you happen to be an organization with a looser, more collaborative culture, you're going to win mm -hmm. faster. If you're in a very heavy organization that has a traditional nested 
um, hierarchy of management and a communication stream that flows that way. So you can't talk to your cousin. You can only talk to your mom or your dad, right? right? If you've got that kind of communications chain going, it's going to be much more difficult to break that. And, and some of the, um, you know, uh, global businesses, broad global, global businesses that kind of, kind of have a holding company model have that type of rigid communications. And I think it's going to be a very large challenge for them, large insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, to run horizontally across the business and change those dynamics. But I also feel that they're going to have to make that sort of transformation at some level in order to succeed in the future. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, the, the ninth management truth is um, another one of my favorites, which is know your customer but own your mission. Ah, and, I love that one. <laughs> and, and this one was really um, uh, inspired by the reaction to social media, which is we should just do what we want to do with social media because it's fun and it's cool and everybody's doing it, even if it's not actually making you money. Mm-hmm. So this is really making sure that you want to understand what your customer wants and needs and meet those needs to the degree that you can meet your mission, whether that mission is a profit, getting people to sign up for a nonprofit program, donate money, whatever your mission is at the end of the day, you need to understand how to guide your customer down that that funnel. Just because they say they want a red, white, and blue web presence doesn't mean you need to give it to them unless it tests and shows that that's what's going to help you make that sale if that's what you're trying to do. And so that really leads to the 10th management truth, which is measure, measure twice, execute once. You know, I had to say this, but that's another one of my favorites. <laughs> because my brother-in-law, he's a carpenter, and um, when we built my shed, he always said, you know, we, we measure twice, but we only cut once. And that is so true in regards to the execution, is that you make sure that you're doing it twice, but then you execute it once. That's, 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 where did you come up with that one? That, that's a good one. Well, measure twice, execute once was, I was also thinking of carpentry, but what I was really thinking about in the twice was there's two types of measurements that you need to do when you're looking at a, at a web presence and, and, and its effectiveness. One is qualitative me- measurement, mm-hmm. which is what are people, how are they feel about your web presence? And that usually maps out to some sort of user experience study, really understanding that soft, subjective view. Okay. And there's the quantitative piece, which has to do with web analytics mm-hmm. and seeing what are they actually doing. What's the behavior? Am I hitting my numbers? All of these sorts of things. Right. So if you have this qualitative and quantitative measurement view, that's the measurement. Mm-hmm. And then you execute once. What right. people tend to do is put stuff up and then see what happens. Yes. Right? Yeah. So they execute three, four, seven times and then measure later, and they don't even really know what they're measuring for. So I think a lot of the online brands like Google, they're huge quantitative measures. Mm-hmm. They don't do things unless it meets a performance indicator or they can see how it's going to test. And I think that's going to allow businesses to be more efficient about how they produce their online product and be more effective and more profitable. And uh, I understand that um, you, when you put this paper up on your, your website, it's, it's, been really, it's been a real hit. Folks have been downloading it uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I was hopeful that people would want it, but um, it's posted in a couple different areas, and I think we've got almost uh, more than 6,000 people who have downloaded it. In consulting, I know that people are concerned about all of these issues. We hear this story all of the time, and part of the challenge is trying to get executives to understand <laughs> that this is a real challenge. A lot of them have kind of shrugged off their, um, 
responsibility for enabling their organization, kind of that uh, they got a lot of web people in the front seat of various buses, and they're nowhere near the front seat. They're like in the back, right? Right. <laughs> so, um, saying, oh, it's just a website, it's no big deal. And it's like, no, it's actually your organization online. And so you need to make sure these things are, are integrated. So when I was writing this, I really wanted to make a very clear message that this is, there are some strategic aspects of web management that can't be delegated. Well, Lisa, this topic is is quite interesting, and I'm looking forward. We're out of time for this week's segment, but you're going to come back next week to talk with us, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, we are here with Lisa Welchman, the founding partner of Welchman Pierpoint, and you can find her uh, site at welchmanpierpoint.com. And uh, she's going to be back with us next week to talk more about web governance and also talk about the 10 truths that you need to understand in this digital age. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU-FM, streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Have a great weekend, and remember, leadership begins with you.